blessed assurance. Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about Jesus to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message. And washed in his blood. Today, I want us to go into a, another part of the kingdom. Now, when we talk about the kingdom, we've talked about uh, the king and how to approach the king. But today, we're going to focus on this domain or territory or authority. And we have to understand that every child of God has also been called as a king. So we have the king who is Jesus, the king of kings. But we are also called as kings. The Bible says in the book of First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 that we are a royal priesthood. So we are royalty. And the moment you think about I am a king, then it, you need, it means you need to change the way you think about yourself. You cannot think like um, a peasant, like a beggar. You have to begin to think as royalty. I like using uh, examples, um, and you may have heard this story before, but there is a king... He was, and this is a true story. I think he was a king in England. And he, at some point, decided that, you know, he, he wanted to raise, um, they were, I mean, there was a prince that was to come. And so this prince knew that he was going to be the prince. But one time, he was just standing by the by the wall of the palace or by the, the you know, this palace. And then he saw some children and they were playing in the mud and they were playing in that. And he was like, I wonder how life out there looks like. I'm, I'm here, I'm a prince, but I'm lonely. I have no one to play with. I have. So he, he decided, says, I'm going to be the prince, but I think I want to know what life out there looks like. So he talked to the people who were taking care of him. Of course, he knew he was going to become the next priest, but he talked to one trusted person. He says, you know, uh, I have seen somebody out there who looks just like me. So I want to go out there and that child, I want him to, be the, to come in and be as the prince. So he, the, he arranges, jumps, I don't know how he jumped over the fence, and then he was able to get, now someone, you may know the story in case I, I don't get it right. Don't worry. I'm just giving you as an example. But what happens is the other prince, I mean the other child who was a child of a peasant, comes to the, to the palace and the prince goes outside. He's not really, he doesn't talk like the prince. He doesn't know how to act. doesn't know how to behave. So they try to train him because the father now, the king is about to die. So long story short, just before they crowned the other guy, uh, 
king, because now the king had died, they had already had been had a pact and said that there you know that they're going to crown you. I need to come back and take my position. And so the other, the other, the other prince now ends up coming back at a time when he was about to be crowned. And they say he was one of the best kings ever. Why was he a great king? Because he had lived with the people. He had gone through so much pain. He had seen how people were struggling. Why am I using that story? God, as the king of kings and the lord of lords, in his majesty, when he created this earth, he created it, the Bible says, he gave it to the sons of men. But God, when he realized that now sin had destroyed the earth, that there was sickness, that the earth was no longer what he had created it to be, what did he do? He chose to take off his glory and he came and he took our place. And he lived as a man. He ate as a man. He went through the same pain. He went through the same struggle. But because of that, though he now went back to glory, and he has been lifted as the name above every other name, he understands your pain. He understands your weakness. He understands your struggles. He knows what it is to live as a peasant. Though he was God, though he is God. That's why I say because of Second Corinthians chapter 8 says that Jesus, verse 9 says, Jesus, though he was rich, he became poor for our sakes, that through his poverty we might become rich. So when we talk about kings, I use that story so that you understand that you as a king, you are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Because he came on earth and though he was on the earth, he was able to rule over the earth. Kingship talks about four things. Number one, when God calls us as kingdom people, he's talking about us being stewards. That you'll ever make. The children that you have, the, the business you have, the job that you have, you are there on behalf of God. And so, you have to give an account someday of everything that God has given you. The time he has given you. The blessings he has given you. The life he has given you. I want us to go to Matthew chapter 25 because Jesus Christ, he was trying to explain to people the kingdom. The reason I'm sharing this is when we say thy kingdom come, what exactly are we praying? What kind of kingdom are we talking about? So Matthew 25, Jesus spoke from verse 14 and he told the people that were listening to him. Jesus used, used par parables a lot. Matthew 25 verse 14. And the Bible says that... Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to get this scripture. Can't find it. Matthew 25... Um, I thought maybe become here. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. So he said, the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. Who do you think that man he's talking about is? I think he's talking about himself. You know, he was here on earth and then he 
he left and says, who called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To every man according to his several ability. And straight away he took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two, he also gained other two. But he who went, who had received one, went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he who had received five talents came and brought the other talents. Saying, Lord, you gave me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five valito. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He who had two talents came forward and saying, Master, you have entrusted me two talents here. I have gained two talents more. His master said what? Well done, good and faithful. Servant, you had, you had uh, your trustworthy over little. I will give you much. Reaping where you do not. And gathering where you had not winnowed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here is what you have. And, and we know the story. That this man was cast into the fire. As I read this story, I realized the Bible here doesn't even talk about receiving Jesus as Lord, which is of course very important because that is the door that opens for us to come to God. It's talking about how we steward what he gives us. Every one of us as a king, you must understand that God has given you a territory. God has given you a domain. God has given you a talent. God has given you a gift. God has given you something that he wants you to work with. Now, working with what God has given you is not going to be easy. It was not easy for this man to multiply the five talents. He must have tried and treaded. And it is hard work. But that is what God has called us to do. Because he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you that you may go forth and bear much fruit. So you cannot talk about being a king unless you are active and busy doing something. You must be ready to multiply. Ask yourself a question. What do I have? Maybe I have only one talent. But instead of using my talent, I'm spending all my time comparing myself with those who have two talents. Or getting angry with those who have five talents. And, and pitting myself saying, oh, those ones I have is one talent. So because I have one talent, let me just go hide it. And many of us live that way because we have so many excuses for not making it. We have so many excuses for being where we are. But God is saying, there is something I have placed in your hand. It may not be what your neighbor has. You don't have to have what your neighbor has. But whatever the little that you have, can you put it to work? Can 
you put it to work? Can you cause what I have given in your life to make an impact? Now, some of us fail to multiply ourselves because we fail to understand the connection between the altar and the throne. We have not just been called to be kings, we have been called to be priests. That's why the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. So we are both kings and so if you fail in the work of being a priest, you will not succeed in being a king. The job that God has given you, it may be a great job. It may be a, a great job as a head of an organization or a CEO. It could even just be a business, maybe by the side of the road, or it could be whatever. It doesn't matter what you are doing. That is not what makes a difference. What makes a difference is how effective are you in what you're doing in impacting the world for the kingdom of God. Because you can be in a very high office and have little impact for God. And it's all just about yourself and about your name and about what you get out of it. And you can be where people think is low and yet having great impact for the kingdom. So how do you make this impact? By understanding that the, the, wherever I am, I am not just a king, I'm also a priest. Wherever I am, I must raise an altar. Wherever I am must be a place of prayer. Wherever I am must be a place of worship. I must invite God in that business. I must invite God in that office. I must invite God in that job. That, that there, there will be power for me to reign as a king. The people of this world, the Bible says, just Christ says, some of the people of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. Because for them, they do not separate these two. They don't separate their faith from their work. Many people, I mean, it was, they hadn't really opened, but I pleaded with them. I said, you know, there's something I need and I'm rushing somewhere. Say, okay, we can let you in as they were preparing. And I found they have this, that, that, that elephant, which is half elephant, half something, and they are burning incense. And they don't care that we are all around and they're doing this and they cannot open those doors until they, they, they finish their incense. They don't care who you are and whatever. They know that before they open those doors, this is what is going to bring in the customers. Some, some, some of them, they, they, they go pray over those suites and you enter and they give you, tell you, oh, there's a suite here. And they know that is now, they've now hooked you to their business. <laughs> but they understand. There are some believers who had are, who are gone to pray over the border of, uh, of at, at Namanga. God had given them an instruction and they get up in the night to pray. And um, that they, you know, they, they, they took off their feet and they were praying. I mean, faith approached them and said, oh, so you have also come to bewitch the land like we do. And uh, they said, what do you mean? He says, no, no, no. We, we, for us, before we can do anything, we have to walk around the land and bewitch it. So that we will be able to take over the territory. 
And to prove that, then they came to Nairobi, they, were, they thought they were coming to pray in the night, and they were shocked that there were people who were walking around the city, and they didn't have shoes on, and they, they did that for a long time. Now, if you walk around the city, you will know what I'm talking about, because they have literally taken over the city. But before, that was like six, seven years ago, before they opened even a single restaurant, before they did anything, they first sent people to as they say, to bewitch the city. Why am I saying that? We must understand we are here as kingdom ambassadors. And greater is he that is in us than the devil that is in the world. We have so much authority. We have so much power. But we want to be kings, but we have abandoned the place of the altar. We do not pray for our business. We don't pray for our jobs. We don't allow. One of the reasons I love the nation of Indonesia is that in Indonesia every believer knows so much. They are so aware of their job to bring the light of God in their workplaces. You will find I remember one time being taken by a certain Navy commander. He's one of the biggest in the country. I'd never been in a car you know, and having all these, what do they call them? These motorbikes that go ahead of you clearing the way. And, and, and we were in this car with him. And this man, he's a believer. He's not scared of ground. And he's showing me these ships, these big ships that go out to war. But this man, wherever he would go, he'd say, let's pray. And this commander, regardless of their faith, they would, they would humble themselves. And he would say, pastor, I want you to pray. And then he took me to a place where they had gathered all these commanders and, and about 500 of them and says, I want you to preach to them. He used his position and his authority to reign as a king for God. That is what the kingdom of God is about. That's why Jesus Christ said, seek ye first the kingdom. These things shall be you are only a steward. And God will use you when you understand that. Number two, and I'm going to go through this very quickly because of time. Number two is management. You are a manager. You're not just a steward, but you are a manager. You are a manager is different from the owner. A manager just makes sure that his tech can be stewards and keep things and they can behave just like this man who had one talent and say, oh, I've, whatever you gave me, at least I've given it back to you the way you gave it to me. But management is about understanding that you have been given responsibility to produce results. And whatever you do not manage, you will lose it. If you don't manage your life well, you lose it. If you don't manage your health, you lose it. If you don't manage your family, you will lose it. If you don't manage whatever God has given you, you will lose it. And so we have to learn how can I manage what God has given me. We, that, that calls for wisdom. Praise the Lord. It calls for what? For wisdom. Because now we are in a world where there's so much competition. There's so much challenges there's so many struggles and yet God has given us the opportunity to manage on his behalf when God put uh, Adam in the garden what did he say I want you to manage this garden 
I want you to till the land. I want you to make it produce. Praise the Lord. So you must understand that you are a manager. Number three, you are not just a steward, you're not just a manager, but you have been called to leave a legacy or leave an impact. Okay? So everything that you do, you have to have this mindset. I am here for only a short time. I am on earth for only a season. But as long as I'm on earth, I'm going to leave a mark on this earth. I, you know, some people leave a mark for evil and they do all kinds of things. But when we're in the kingdom of God, we are saying, I'm going to leave a mark for God. How do you leave a mark for God? You say, I'm going to bring as many people to Christ as possible. I'll bring as many people as I can to the kingdom of God. I will use whatever God has given me to leave an impact. I will start with my own family or whatever, whoever is around me and make sure that I have left an impact for the kingdom of God. Amen? And then finally, being a king means that you have to be productive or you have to grow, okay? There's something about the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ talks about in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, Jesus Christ talks about, so when we are talking about the kingdom, as when, and, and next time you pray about the kingdom, let kingdom come, remember you're talking about stewardship, you're talking about management. When you say, God, let your kingdom come. Remember, you know, and then people know, oh, the kingdom of God is here. No, no, no. It is about your life. Your life beginning to have such an impact that people say the kingdom of God is here. There is a king because people will manage yourself the way you manage your family, the way you manage your work, the way you manage your employees, whatever it is that God has entrusted you. People will say there is something about this person. And they represent a different kingdom. And they will say the kingdom of God is here. Amen. So Mark chapter 4, Jesus Christ gave an example of the kingdom. And this is what he said in um, Mark chapter 4 verse 30. Says, and he says, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what plant is the smallest of all seeds upon the earth? Yet after it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all garden herbs and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air are able to make nests and dwell in its shed. So what Jesus Christ is saying that when you have the seed of the kingdom of God in you, it does not matter where you are today. Your beginning may be small, but your latter end shall greatly increase. You may be as small as a mustard seed. You may not, people may not even recognize you. People may not even know what you carry. But as long as you are 
part of the kingdom, who are part of the kingdom, they are able to break through every obstacle, to break through every opposition, to break through every challenge, that they will begin to have such an impact that the nations will gather. That is what the church of Jesus is all about. That is what the kingdom of God is all about. That is why he has called you in the kingdom for such a time as this. That though you feel small, he's saying, I am going to enlarge you. I'm going to enlarge your territory. I don't know who I came to preach to today. I'm going to expand you. I'm going to help you. Don't look at how small you are today. Look at where I'm taking you because you represent a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You represent a kingdom that cannot be moved. You represent a kingdom that is powerful. Oh, I should have had an amen. So, where you are today, don't despise where you are. Every day, tell God, say, Lord, let your kingdom come in my life. What you're saying is, God, I'm a mustard seed. I am small, but wherever you have planted me, cause me to have such an impact. Cause me to make a difference. Cause me to become a shelter for those who have nowhere to go. Cause me to have an impact. And that's what we are doing every day, even as a church. Even as whatever we're doing at the Porter's house and the people that God is beginning to bring and people getting saved. Don't look at them and say, oh, oh I don't know what has happened to them, where they have come from. Just give them time. You're going to watch these young men. God is going to do a great work through their lives. Hallelujah. Because whoever is in the kingdom, you cannot despise them. You never know what God can do. You have no idea that a mustard seed, though very small, becomes the greatest of all seeds. That's why God is saying, I have put a seed of greatness on the inside of you. Fear not, little flock, for to you belongs the kingdom. May you go forth and reign in Jesus' name. May you reign in that school. May you reign in that office. May you reign at the marketplace. May you reign in, in, that, in that business. May you make such an impact for the kingdom of God that people will say the kingdom of God is here. This is not just about preachers. This is not just about people in the church. The kingdom of God has to be felt everywhere. When those who are kings who have understood their kingly mandate and also understood their priestly mandate, when you walk in a place and begin to do what God has called you to do, people will say, indeed, there is a king of kings in this place. I pray that God will raise you up. Can you stand up to your feet? I pray that God will raise you up. Oh, I feel the anointing of God in this place. I pray that God will raise you up. That God will take whatever has been stopping you from reigning as a king. From exercising your spiritual authority. From walking. Remember, when God created man, he said what? The Bible says he blessed them and said, let them have dominion. Let them be fruitful. Let them multiply. In the name of Jesus every chain, every yoke 
whatever it is that has been stopping you, whether it is sin, whether it is habits, whatever it is, I pray that it will be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. That you will walk in the power of the kingdom. Romans 10, 17 says that righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. So whatever has taken your peace is not from God. It is from the enemy. May you take back your place. I said may you take back your place. Whatever has taken your joy must be broken. Can we begin to pray? Just take some moment and say, Lord, cause me to be a kingdom ambassador. Cause me to be a kingdom agent. Cause me to rule and reign. To reign wherever you have blessed me. Cause me to multiply every talent that you have given me. Come on, I can't hear you pray. I don't see people who are praying. Cause me to see your righteousness, your peace, your joy reign. Open your, your mouth. Begin to talk to God. Koba zete lebro sekete rekataba hashaya ikete lebo zekete reba kasto reba kate mantelele boka robo zikari arabaka cause our impact to be felt in Westlands Oga as a church. May you cause us to to bring forth down your kingdom in this Westlands, O God, in this city of Nairobi, in this nation of Kenya. May we cause your kingdom to come. Father, may your kingdom come in Westlands. May your kingdom come in Nairobi. May your kingdom come in Africa, in our nations, in our places of work. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Use us to spread your kingdom. Use us to cause your kingdom to be felt. Use us as the mustard seed to grow in wherever places you have planted us. Come on, pray to that word for a few minutes. Pray, pray that your children will be ambassadors of the kingdom. That whatever you have will be used for the kingdom of God. That whatever God has blessed you with will be used for the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Kato rebo zakata yoma sheteke. We give you praise. We worship you. The message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power.